Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am positive the Clippers got better at this trade deadline, Chuck Mockler. <laughs> and we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. Every trade deadline? Pretty much we have, I think, for the last five years or so. Uh, but you can listen to us every morning, Monday through Friday. However, this Monday, no episode. We are taking Sunday off. Um, but yeah, let's dive it's into... Holy, it's a holy day. It's a holy day. Uh, <laughs> we're going to dive into the trade deadline and just what happened against the Mavs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to kick things off actually talking about the trade deadline. We know you want to hear about it. Active moves <laughs> for the Clips. Um, I mean, uh, basically, uh, like... Other than the Norm Powell move, which completely caught us by surprise, I, I, I think that most Clipper fans kind of saw the writing on the wall, and I, I think overall we'll be pleased with what happened, but we're going to give our grades for that as well as just kind of recap all of it. And then in segment two, we are going to get into the recap of that loss to the Mavs, 112 to 105. Clippers were able to stay in this one despite Luka going absolutely nuclear, uh, but it just it, it wasn't enough. Uh, but we'll, we'll be talking about what we liked from that one as well as what we didn't like. And then in segment three, we're going to talk about the Pacific Division and the power rankings post-trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And then every single Friday, we bring you a love, merry quarantine. Basically, we're ranking something arbitrarily related to the Clippers, <laughs> and we're either loving it, we're marrying it, or we're quarantining it, which means get it the heck away from us. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, yeah, so kicking off with the trade deadline recap, we've talked about the Norm Powell trade, which was great. Um, but to the day after you're listening to this, Serge got traded to the Bucks. Um, the Clippers get Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale in the deal as well as kind of a nice little uh trade exception. It created like a nine million dollar trade exception, which is huge. Um, I don't know. Let's My talk favorite player. Let's talk kind of the Surge, yeah. Let's talk the Surge tenure kind of first, right? Like this is a bit of a rough end of the Surge saga. I think the whole kind of Surge tenure was a little up and down um, for the Clippers and for Surge for various reasons. But I don't know. I'm happy he's on a contender. How are you feeling about Surge on the Bucks? Man, I like I, I am happy for him. Uh, and, you know, this was a move that, you know, it, like I said in the intro, like we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like we, we knew that it was coming. I, I, I'm left feeling like a little bit disappointed uh, with the whole situation. And obviously not, not at Surge, no, though. Oh yeah, through no fault of Surge. Yeah. Um, you know, like the way his injury was mishandled, uh, you know, definitely left a sour taste in his mouth. And I think that like him coming back, it, you know, like the ramp up due to like our center rotation and stuff, like wasn't quite what what he wanted it to be. And then sure. he was kind of yeah. fighting for playing time in that second spot. I think that maybe contributed to like some of what we saw that you know like. It's so hard because I, I did feel like at times there were performances where maybe we were getting indications that he was kind of on the outs with this organization, you yeah. know, from his from his standpoint. But then also there there were some defensive highlights uh, sprinkled in there. And, you know, it's one of those things that like in, in free agency, like when we made the move, I was really, really high on it. I, Everyone I thought that was, it was so like, hyped and he would have been such a big help in that Sun series like it. Yeah. 
it made total sense. Like to get surge made total sense. There wasn't a mistake made in that sense at all. Yeah, it was just like a great, you know, it, it was a great move that I feel like even in that free agency didn't get talked about enough. And then, you know, for things to end the way they did it, it's super unfortunate. Um, and, you know, I hope that Serge can like return to the, the caliber of, of playing that he was at uh, when he was with the Raptors there and, and happy that he is in a place where, you know, he can contribute and hopefully contend, you know, for, for a, a deep postseason run. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could not feel disappointed. But, you know, once again, as you stated, it, for me, it has little to do with, like, Serge himself or Serge the player. It just, just didn't work. We just, ne- we just never got to see it. It's not even that it didn't work. It's like we just never, yeah. we never got to see it all healthy. Like, we, we never got to see all those pieces kind of coalescing. And that, for me, is going to be the thing that, like, that I'm just disappointed about. Yes, uh, there's some solid surge moments. Obviously, uh, I I really like the post game or just the interview about the training staff stuff. Where he's like, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. So we're just gonna move on from that. Um, yeah, he tweeted during the comeback win versus the Mavs when the Clips were down like thirty to twelve or whatever, and the playoffs saying we were gonna win. He made Reggie feel better after that timeout call versus the Heat. Like he had some good moments. Also, someone on Twitter wanted to know if Third Center watches back because. If you watch Hartenstein against the Mavs, it might have to be back. I I mean I think though it's like what we were talking about in the in the off season this year when we weren't sure about Zoo's return. It's like no, it might just be second center. I mean it's like <laughs> second center watch now. Um, so yeah, I I don't know, man. Hart uh, Hart is like not producing at the level that we had seen and that we were hoping for on a consistent basis. Yeah at like the worst of times, the worst of possible times. Yes. Um, we hope the best for Surge. Let's talk this trade now. So that trade exception the Clippers have is good through the summer until the next trade deadline. A lot of people are expecting we're just going to cut Ojale and Hood. Um, you know, and for what it's worth, neither of these guys were mentioned in the official team release that made the team, uh, like that made them official, which is interesting. Um, do you think we should just cut both these guys, promote Amir, sign a buyout point guard? Because I think that's where I'm kind of just fully at. Like, Amir contributes, he deserves a contract, we have his bird rights, and we definitely don't need these two caliber of wings. Yeah, like, I, I don't see really the fit for Ojale on this team at all. And Hood, I mean, like, maybe if he's like a Clippers reclamation project, but I, I don't even know. About we can't that, take man. on another I, one, man. Like we don't have minutes yeah. to give someone reclamation. Like time, yeah. I don't, I, I, and like, I, I just feel like honestly with Covington and we'll talk about this in the next segment in the master cap, but like, you know, he's kind of actually impressed me through just a couple games from 100%. where I, I kind of thought he was at. And I think that, you know, we, we probably already have a, you know, a new target for, a, a career that could possibly be revived uh, on this team. So I think that, I think that, yeah, most likely is, is both these guys getting cut. I'm not really seeing, I'm not really seeing what the, I just don't see what of, they're bringing to the table really. And yeah, I don't mean like, that in a bad way. We have so many wings who are in front of these guys. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just doesn't fit. Um, point guard wise, a lot of names have been thrown around DJ Augustine expected to be bought out. Um, Dennis Schroeder, Goran Dragic got traded to the Spurs um, and then got bought out. There's supposedly going to be interest from Dallas, Milwaukee, Chicago, and the Clippers, but Dallas traded for Spencer Dinwiddie, so I don't think they're going to get him. 
Um, yeah. I'd love Milwaukee, to see, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see Garn on the cliff. Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of been one of those, that, that's kind of been one of those names that, pe- that people have been interested oh, yeah. in. I feel like for, for a good long time around the Clippers. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that on the buyout market, I mean, that's a super quality pickup and, you know, certainly someone who could help the Clippers in what's a pretty fuzzy backcourt <laughs> rotation. Uh, you know, Harris uh, was good against the Mavs. He's been pretty solid as this as kind of this weird committee point guard by committee. But I'd rather have Goran Dragic be our backup or DJ Augustine be our backup point guard for sure. Um, what are you giving the Clippers a grade for this trade deadline? And we're counting go... the Norman Powell trade, which also if the Norman Powell trade would have happened on the deadline day, I think people would be even more hyped up about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh man. If you consider the Norm Powell trade, I I gotta go A. I think I have you have to. There's like some people were upset on Twitter that like we still that Marcus Morris is still on the team, but it's like there wasn't a move out there this trade deadline to make us better for Marcus Morris, and I think he's probably gonna be packaged for something. So I gotta I th- go. I a, think that's man. a po- we got better. I think that's a possibility. I I also think, man, like I talked about this when we had uh, Brian Clayton on the show uh, of the Alternates Pod, but like. I wasn't super impressed with what Morris brought to the table overall in the season last year, you know, during the regular season, but like he can bring it at a different level in the playoffs. And it's just unfortunate because like, you know, as he does get older and, you know, injuries pile up and you play less and less games each season, it gets harder to get to that point. But like when he can be at the apex of, you know, what he's still capable of producing uh, on both ends of the floor I mean, that's still a, a quality contract and a great player. Yeah, it's I, yeah. I mean, we we got better and we got financially flexible. So I feel like that's an A for any team. The and the Norm the Powell thing, like, man, what we got Norm Powell for. Yeah, um, I, I feel like it's pretty solid. And that's even coming from me, who, you know, classic Bledsoe apologist. I, <laughs> I, I and, and, you know, Bled is another one like I'm, you know, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see him play games with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or mm-hmm. even just more games with Paul George. Um, but, you know, for being able to get Norm Powell, I, I feel like that is, it, for the years that he's on and the number that he's at, like, a that is a that's, a, that's a, that's a quality get. And that's even something that, you know, e- even if you, you package it in a deal, that's like, a, that's a high value, um, that's a high value asset. And uh-huh. just a great dude. Yeah, just chill guy. Um, coming up, we're going to be recapping that loss to the Mavs that included an absurd Luka game and a horrific performance from the referees. But first, we got to give a shout out to Bet Online. There might be less football being played, one big game left, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scored totals, point, player performance, props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is a number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football, thankfully. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so now we got to talk about the Clippers' loss to the Mavs. They oh, we need 112 to 105. Um, Man, this one, this one stung a little. It stung for some interesting reasons. One of them being that if Luca only scored forty three points, the Clippers get a win. 
Um, one of them we're going to talk about, which the referees were absolutely horrendous in this game. Um, I'm no one should ever read the last two minute report, but I wish we had a last 48 minute report for this game because it was <laughs> unbelievably bad. Um, but there were some things we liked. Will, what did we like in this game? So, I, I, I mean, I, as far as the Reggie roller coaster goes, I feel like this one was was up. Um, yes. it, look, we talked about in the pregame that he needed to be efficient in this one, and he was ish, you know, uh, he shot 50% from the floor. He did go O of two from three. Uh, but you know, that's, that's not really a whole lot of attempts, uh, especially right. for Reggie. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. And uh, I mean, his final stat line, you know, like he, he was doing a little bit of everything. He finished with 18, four and eight, the eight assists to only two turnovers really sticks out to me. He was bummed um, out about last game when he had like six and it, they were live ball. He pointed that out in the presser. So it's nice that like, he was very much not that guy in this game. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. He lost a shoe, but, uh, you know, kept on moving. Made the and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Reggie, you know, I, I have to keep a recency bias memory both ways because sure. uh, that's how he plays. It, well, it's true. It's like, and, it, and sometimes it gets easy to overlook uh, some of like the, the really great performances. And this one isn't in the pantheon of really great Reggie performances. But it is still a solid, a, a solid game, and, it, and uh, a very much needed performance from him to to even hang in with this with this Dallas team. W- what did you like from this one, Chuck? So Morris's offense, for the most part, was great. Um, Twenty one yeah. points, fifty six percent shooting. There were a couple possessions where he'd get Luca switched on him, and he would just bail him out by taking long twos, and he wouldn't kind of back him down and make him play physical or anything like that, which was frustrating. Because that would have been nice. Um, no boards, which was odd. Um, but, you know, he was scoring well. He played better defense than he did against Memphis, which is good. Um, but, yeah, pretty happy with the efficiency from Mook's shooting. Do you think he was worried that even by backing down Luka, he would get a foul called on him? Dude, honestly, maybe. Like, that, it was such a nightmare tonight. And then Nick Batum was solid. 10 yeah. and 3 on 80% shooting. Solid defense. And we saw some good chemistry with him and Covington, which was really cool. And, and he, he was hit. He was hitting like timely threes, like just when yeah. we needed them, like momentum. He hit two swing huge threes. threes. He was yeah, also which, part of. We went small and like started trapping Luca high, which like really kind of ruined our energy, like just physical energy, I think. But the Clippers cut this game to a three point game, despite Luca going for fifty. You know, and like that was really nice. But I think we just ran out of gas. But Batum was part of kind of every good stretch for the yeah. Clippers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, best glue guy in the league continues to be so. Also, I'm still high on Storm and Norman. Uh, I think that Norman Powell is probably our most competent transition player. He had a couple of nice, nice possessions, like back to back. Um, He like pushing, just pushing the momentum. Uh, He had like kind of a long pass to Morris at one point for an easy layup. And then a nice dish to, I believe it was Kennard in the corner off of like a strong. His downhill playmaking is great. His first step is so fast. Like there's, it's going to be so sweet to watch him with Kawhi PG. It's going to be insane. Yeah. He finished with 19, six and six. All Um, in the second half, which was a little frustrating. He started off slow. He was like one for seven, I think to start. Yeah. So the efficiency overall, like it was not good, but yeah. uh, And he got hurt maybe he was working for it uh and yeah you bring up the injury i hate maxi cleva and i always so forget much. how dirt 
I always forget how dirty of a player he is somehow until we watch these matchups against the Mavs. And it's like, dude, yeah. get this guy out of the league. Get this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this is He's not, not my kind of guy. Yeah, no, no, no. He sucks. Um, and then, I mean, it, and it was like, we got to get into the Luca thing for what we didn't like because yeah. here's what's frustrating about what Luca did. Obviously, anytime someone has 51 points, very difficult to stop them. The way the defense was started out on Luca, it it looked like Zoo was getting destroyed because he kind of like stat wise was. It was Luca getting the switch, Zoo out on the perimeter guarding Luca, and then the Clippers defense was just like you beat us, like you go for it. It which like isn't necessarily wrong, right? Like when he starts distributing and slicing up the defense is when he affects everything offensively. But when oh, yeah. you quote unquote just <laughs> hold him. The threes, it makes sense. But he went seven for 14 from three. So it's like, well, shit. And then we kind of like started scrambling a bit and stuff like that. Like Ty said post game that he'll live with him taking step backs, which you can't argue with. It just sucks when he's making you. All of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it definitely sucks when he's making them. Uh, and he tends to shoot them a lot better against the Clippers than he, he does hates on a season average. Yeah. He can't beat us uh, in the playoffs. You know, sense. like. Yeah, which which is fine, but it's also like <clears throat> why in the playoffs are like over a longer <clears throat> series, <clears throat> you know, that that kind of it, it tends to fall the Clippers way or has, you know, historically so far. So I it's difficult because I, I agree, like I tend to, you know, get a little clenched up whenever I see Zoo Absolutely. Kind of on an yeah. island against Luca. Um but then you see him getting doubled aggressively and, you know, all of a sudden, like, it just, it, it opens so much stuff up for everyone else that you yeah. see a million baseline cuts and then it's <laughs> like, okay, well, this isn't, this is not better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's difficult. And then, I don't know, when someone is, I don't know, when someone is in whatever zone that is, I don't think I've ever gotten there, but uh, <laughs> it seems like it's pretty difficult to stop. Exactly. Um, it's and you just kind of got to shake your head. There were some weird lineups in this one a bit situationally. Yeah. I thought Ty said post game that the Clippers need to get more work with Norm and Covington for their small ball lineups, and that's just lack of time basically, which kind of makes sense. Covington only played ten minutes, which is bad. I'm chalking that up to kind of on Ty Lu in this one because um, Covington was playing very good defense, and I mean, you know, two for four, like he was. He covers the baseline a lot better than Morris, which is great. Um, we just went small in some spots and got killed on the boards. Kleba had nine boards. Five of them were offensively, <laughs> which is very frustrating to watch when you're yes. a Clippers fan. Um, oh, yeah. And then, you know, the refs sucked. The refs were awful. Um, Kleba hit three guys in the head. He got one flagrant for one that probably maybe shouldn't have even been a flagrant. So, like, they somehow got that wrong. Um, Luca traveled with no, like, that could have been a flagrant too. It wasn't even on the ball, yeah. Um, I like, I, th- I think the line for that, and, and I get that you don't want to just be like ejecting players left and right, but like he'd hit two people a, in the head up to this point, too. <laughs> when a player's hit more than one person in the head in the same game, like, come on, man. Zoo got cross face, they didn't even review it. The refs missed a Luca travel with two minutes or so left, which is which was the most egregious travel. He jumped with the ball in his hands, came back down, everyone stopped. Eat like kind of including Luca, but then he just laid it in. Charge calls were insane for the Clippers. Mook hit a three late and got taken out. There was no call. It was like it was impossible for the Clippers to win this game with Luca yeah. having fifty one and the refs just being fucking terrible. In this game. 
Yes. Yeah. Really <sighs> difficult. And I mean, you know, we talked about the importance of hopefully putting away the first one of of two. We gotta um, get a win on Saturday. <laughs> we have to. It's a back to back against Golden State and Phoenix after that. Like Yeah. We need brutal stretch. Yes. And hopefully Luke takes more threes. Uh he had eight, four, and four, only four three point attempts in this game, which was frustrating. He had to watch Reggie ISO ball it up a little bit. I think part of that's the weird lineups. The third quarter got kind of weird with offense. But, hey, Tyloo has his adjustments he can make. We're seeing the same team. You know, hard to beat the same team two times in a row. Um, that's we get what that they tell there. me. <laughs> Coming up, we're talking Pactive Power Rankings post the deadline. And, of course, the Love Mary Quarantine. But first, Will, if I was trying to sell something online, what website should I use to host it? Oh, you got to check out Shopify. Look, what I love about Shopify is they give entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. You know, I always want entrepreneurs to catch up to big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Look, you can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Look, it's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase that locked on NBA, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All one word, all lowercase. Now that you got a Shopify site, you're probably pretty hungry. So you should definitely check out Built Bar. They have fantastic flavors. Built Bar fans, they have their favorites. The flavors are coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salty caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. I've been enjoying cookies and cream lately. Classic flavor. Ooh, Nothing yummy. too crazy, but a little fun. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each, which is fantastic. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. Or today, get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so now we're talking the Pacific Division. Look, every single Friday we like to talk the Pacific Division, we but today it. we're going to do power. <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone being Charles and I love it. So we're going to talk Pacific Division power rankings post the trade deadline. Chuck, who do you got? Okay, so it's pretty obvious the Suns and Warriors um, firmly still the best teams in the Pacific. Well, no moves during the trade <laughs> deadlines. So... From a trade perspective? Um, I mean, they, they had no reason to really make any moves. Um, so this stays pretty stasis, right? Like, it's the Suns. Steph for Simmons, straight up. <laughs> it's the Suns, and it's the Warriors, and then it's kind of everyone else. In the third spot, I'm going the Clippers. I think they got better overall. We got contract flexibility moving forward. Um, I don't know. What do you think? They got to be the third best team right now after the trade deadline. Yeah, I would say... Look, of these teams, I mean, you got to just take the Suns and Warriors out. Obviously, no moves to be made there. Um, of the three remaining teams, I would say they're the only one of the three that got better. 
I so I'm putting the Kings below the Clippers. I'm mm-hmm. not. I think the Kings got better by way of uh, like getting more feisty and annoying to play. There were times this time when I, I I follow Matt George and I read a lot about what he posts about the Kings, where it just seemed like there was no effort, there was no energy. Like he was really upset about how like the players were good, but there just was no cohesion and kind of stuff like that. So I think they became a lot more annoying to play. They won their first game with Sabonis, which is good. But I, I kind of agree. I'm not sure how, like, it feels like they got better in certain areas by adding Sabonis, but they lost a bunch <laughs> as well in other areas, dealing out Tyrese and, and Heal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I and I guess, like, in right now, um, I, I think that Sabonis is the better player uh, out of the trade yeah. that they made. Um, but like long term, you know, Sponus is already a two time all star, but I do feel like you're you're losing out on a lot of future uh, like possibility there in in Halliburton. And he loved um, the Kings. He like actually wanted to play for the Kings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one was another one that was like kind of a shocker to me. Uh I had to like double and triple read to make sure that I had <laughs> gotten that one right. Um, but they also got your dude Donnie Pizza. And I feel like that Donnie Pizza is good. Donnie Pizza uh, brings some some juice over there. I I feel like that is an interesting move. So, yeah, I I man, I don't know if I would say I don't know if I would I would say better, but not like worse. Not worse. Yeah, like, not that's like, what's not, weird. Not like uh, for the near future, not markedly worse. I think that. You know, maybe you kick in a year <laughs> in like three years, uh, depending on, you know, like what Tyrese Halliburton becomes. Yeah, but that's a good call. Who knows? And then firmly, firmly in last place of our Pacific Division power rankings, the team across the hall, it was reported by Chris Haynes that they could have done Westbrook in a first for John Wall, but didn't because they didn't want to give up an asset, which I'm like, now you care about assets? Okay, so okay, so I like I I I'm gonna put them I'm gonna put them at the bottom of the power rankings just because like there's no way that they got better, you know. At, at, they got at worse by keeping Westbrook. At at this trade, like I'm gonna disagree with you there though, actually, because Ooh. I I think I think that it doesn't make any sense to trade like a aging player who was once an explosive athletic player and still can be in spurts for another aging, possibly less explosive player who can't shoot, who's also making $47 million a year and in the process losing a first. I I, I gotta be honest, I know like... But Westbrook's like killing their locker room. He's like publicly talking about how he deserves time based on what he's done in the league. Like, he's like... I just don't, I don't know, know that... I just don't know that John Wall is that much better in your locker room. Because I think if John... He wants to play, though. Like, he wants to play basketball. And Westbrook, do, like, does, but in the wrong situation. I, I don't know, man. I think that if if John Wall was, like, such a great locker room guy, you'd at least see him suiting up at Rockets games. Uh, okay, I don't know about that. Like, if Kawhi's not at games, I'm not worried about it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, wouldn't you want to have that guy in the locker room or even playing some spot minutes on the court if he's that great of a locker room guy? But part of it isn't the way the franchise is treating him. 
the franchise is being an asshole to John Wall. Like, outright. I mean, the Rockets are just a mess. You so, know, like, the, but like the, my thing with the Westbrook Rockets is are like, just a mess in general. But I, I look, man, he's refusing I, coaching. There, he had to pay him forty-seven million dollars. Like, I know the money doesn't matter if you're still getting John Wall, but like, it's a twenty twenty-nine first-round pick. Like, I know, but if you're the Lakers right now, you got to be thinking about how grim the future is looking. But the like, future it, is him opting in, and then like. They're they'll still. I bet they still have to deal a pick out to get rid of West. I bet this still happens. I bet this offer happens again and they take it. Is my guess. Like in the so, it, so if that's the situation, like if they do end up flip like flipping Westbrook for something as equally as like large of a contract compared to like on court production uh, and giving up a first, then I'll agree with you. I like I, the team didn't get better. The the Lakers are still a mess, but. <laughs> I don't like if I was like a Laker fan, like I would not be like, woo, we got John Wall now and gave up a future. Well, you say, first. thank God we got rid of Russ. That's what's so I, shitty about the situation. I don't think it's worth a first. I think it might. I think they're going to, I mean, they're going to regret this trade either way. Two seconds. <laughs> All right. Detroit style, you throw in four. That makes sense. I'll give you two seconds. But they're screwed. Uh, the locker room's a nightmare, and uh, I don't know. It's it, it's shitty. I mean, oh, well, it's not shitty. Um, I'm fine with it. Um, all right. So speaking of trades, this one's inspired by Chris Tapps being traded while he was buying a sandwich. Um, we play Love Mary Quarantine every Friday. We're doing worst ways to find out you've been traded. Um, all right. Let's option do it. one: skywriting. Just says William Updike has been traded. <laughs> yeah for, and especially if it's like a bat like you're like wait i was traded for cash considerations shit like so we got skywriting and then we have your last ex texts you about seeing it you haven't heard anything yet and randomly they're just back in your life they're like hey heard your bum ass got traded you're like what they're your ex is like hooking up with Woj in this <laughs> scenario yeah you learned a day before you're like i thought i blocked this shit um well, just, yeah, well, just, just never mind. Uh, and then Norman Powell style, you just put down the last piece of furniture from the moving truck. Everything's all moved in. And then you get the alert that you've been traded <laughs> and you now got to move again. Which of these are you loving, marrying and quarantining? Um, hmm. <laughs> all right. I guess. I guess I'm loving skywriting because a little goofy. I think that I, I think it yeah, it's like a little goofy. Um, but I'm also like I'm also at the beach. So I feel <laughs> I mean, like it's probably not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't even like the beach, but I feel like if I had to get the news, I'd be like, huh, well, that's pretty I'll soothing, crack I guess. Crack a beer, yeah. <laughs> oh no, the sun is down. The beach is scary now. <laughs> yeah, then you gotta uh, get So that's out. why I'm not marrying it, because the beach is scary. Yes. Um I'm gonna go ahead and marry. I'm gonna go ahead and marry actually after moving in. Yeah, that'd be deflating. Um, well, no, I'm marrying it because I feel like, you know what, you know, once you've moved in, it's time to move on. Immediately, keep, keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> <laughs> As the prophet once said. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna quarantine. Find out from your ex because I can't get the sub tweet or, or the sub text from Woj that's just you know uh you know omw to fyb or something you know <laughs> yeah she's in a group chat she's like hey this man just said you're being traded um i'm loving skywriting i agree it's kind of a goofy fun way 
to find yeah. out. You're like, huh, all right, I guess I'm being traded. Weird way to announce it. <laughs> um, I'm marrying your ex text you without you seeing it because I think it would be so funny if someone, a player's ex was, you know, hooking up with Woj and then was just like, hey, idiot, you're going to get traded tomorrow. <laughs> right? They're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this is petty as hell. It was mutual. Um, and then I'm quarantining the Norm Powell one because I would be so mad if you dropped that last box. And it's like, wait, I got to go from my home that I just purchased. I got to live in Orlando now? Like, I got to do all the same shit in Orlando now? I would I'll be... take people don't need to own homes or <laughs> land. All right. Yeah. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to Locked On. Redistribute the well. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. Let us know over at Locked On Clips the worst way to find out you're being traded. Um, I think that wraps this episode up. Yeah, and that'll do it. This is our last episode until Tuesday. We're taking the Monday one off. We we record these the day before. We're just going to enjoy the Super Bowl. Watch the Rams. Uh, maybe win. Who knows? We're going to do a recap of Clippers Twitters on Tuesday. <laughs> Excuse me. Clippers Warriors on Tuesday. Maybe there'll be a Clippers Twitter war. Um, and then we're taking questions for Twitter Tuesday. Send those over to at Locked on Clips. Will, where can these people tell their friends and loved ones to listen? Uh, so you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app on your mobile device. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. Hands-free. You can do all your cooking. You know, it's awesome. Uh, if you haven't already, please be so kind. Leave the show a rating and review over uh, on Apple Podcasts or the mm-hmm. podcast app. You can also leave rating and reviews over on Spotify now. We'd love to get those numbers up. If you could help us out, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we did mention up top, we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We won't have one for you this Monday, but every other Monday. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> look, Clippers are on a bit of a skid right now, but I'm pretty confident we're going to turn this thing around. We're definitely we, not going to stay the course. <laughs> we got this one. Uh, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, We appreciate you.